0: Love it. All right, so we've been talking about liberty, and this liberty thing is, you know, as we've been processing through it, you know, if you, if you really have been taking the time to look at it, it's, it's, it's deep, ain't it? You know, because, you know, at times, like, you did you, uh, some things you don't let go. All right, I got to take a break here. Uh, they having youth ministry over there, right? What are you doing over here? No, not you. That dude right there. They, they just called you. <laughs> they, just, they, just, they just called you. They was looking for you. You good. You good. You good. You all right. Um, we could have uh, Chris, 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 Chris Chris will hold it down while you're gone. So if I need something, I'll get it from Chris. All right. Good. So you can stay over there. You don't have to come back. It's on you. You can do what you, however you're led. All right, Chris, Chris got you, right, Chris? I know y'all watching and you're waiting for the word. and I'm doing all this extra stuff. Be patient. Flow, flow with us, okay? I apologize. I just got back, so I'm kind of comfortable with the family, all right? All right. So, Tia, let's get into um, what God wants to talk about today because I think it's it's something he wants to share with you too. All right? i like, uh-oh, do I got a minister? <laughs> you got my mama. If you got one person from the family, that's enough, right? All right. No, I just think this is good. This liberty is levels. It, it, it's deep, right? And, and, and so it's subtle. So you got the, you got the things you know is bound, that are binding you up, right? But then if you really start to get in, you'll find that there's some other things that's binding us up. Um, it could be emotions, right? Emotions could be binding us up. You know, it could be uh, manipulation. You know, you ever, you know, sometimes when you're young, when you're a little girl, you know, you, it could be daddy's girl. Or you're just a cute little girl in the family, right? So you grow up as a cute little girl. What normally happens? You go, everybody goes what? Oh, she's so cute, right? And then after a while, the kids are smart. They go, hey, I'm the cute one. So now you use the cuteness to get what you want or as my wife has, she's, trained, she's been training my granddaughter since Chanel was little, and we're in the grocery store and I just hear this little voice behind me. Grandpa, can you buy this for me? Like, she didn't ask, she didn't come up with that on her own, Grandma's behind her, you know. And then uh, Nyla, Nyla came right in and, and picked the baton up. Grandpa, can you buy this for me? You know, so what I, so, so, so that's innocent, you know, where you, you know, you put on your cute face to get what you want, right? But you know, as you get older, sometimes you're still putting on the cute face, right? To get what you want. This girl, you, you, your daughter over here shaking her head. Amelia, I just want to let you know, watch out for that face, right? But, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you kind of put on a cute face, even when you get older. Ain't that right, Stella? Right? You know how to smile, blink, you know, as Pastor Mel, bat your eyes, or whatever the case may be, Right? But, but, but we have to watch it because sometimes we're supposed to be going through a level of brokenness, but we figure out a way around it, right? We will manipulate. All right, so we got manipulation there. We got emotions, right? Uh, hey, how about this? Playing the victim. You know how you get into a situation and people call you out and immediately you go into victim mode? Everybody picking on me, right? When well, ain't nobody picking on you. They're addressing a behavior that you need to change, right? You ever do that? Or people are getting attention, and all of a sudden you uh, you make something seem like it's, it's tragic. You know, you, you you know, you put on the tears. You everybody, you okay? You okay? You okay? You ever do that? Right? See, all these little layers we got to get off of us because it's keeping us comfortable at a level that God's trying to break us out of. Right? Does that make sense? Or how about this? Every time you get close to the responsibility or the accountability of purpose, you figure a way to get busy. I just wanted to let that soak in for a while because, you know, I'm really going to run past that one. Right? Did you get it? Did you hear what I just said? You know, you just find yourself, all of a sudden, you're super busy. You weren't busy before. But now when it gets close to purpose, oh, man, I, I, I will. You know what, if this didn't, this didn't come up, I would do that. You ever, you ever, y'all you know what I'm talking about? All right, so I'm not saying that to put anybody down. I'm saying to, for us to recognize there's layers. There's layers. How about creating your own fantasy or your own reality because you don't want to embrace God's reality? You ever, you ever that ever happen? You just creating stuff, right? We good? Right? Because, yeah, and you see this, you ever watch like men of God and you, you found out they were in compromise but they're still talking about the word? And you ever ask yourself, how is this guy talking about the word? So I won't say the name. If you've seen it, then, you know, you could amen, laugh or whatever. So I'm watching this person. They're talking about God. I shared this with somebody earlier. And in their caption is about God. It just came up, you know, on social media. And while they're talking, they got a cigar in their hand, right? And behind them is, like, all the top liquors. Like, we ain't talking about, like, we're talking $1,000 bottles, liquors, behind them. And But they're talking about God. And I was like... <laughs> Isn't that off? But what it is, is that's where you start to hear, hey, you know, God's still working on me. Because that's the only way that person is telling themselves, I can talk about something that I'm not necessarily all in. And they've excused God's sanctification as a measure, you know. All right. So so I just want to just spend some time there. Because we, uh, uh, we talked about to operate in this life last week, uh, you have to, it takes some faith steps, right? To, to, so, so I got to take a step of faith to, to, to move beyond where I was at, right? And we said that uh, when we start taking these faith steps, because I'm trying to break out of something. So sometimes I got to change relationships by faith, right? You know, I got to do something that may be uncomfortable by faith, right? I got to put myself in an uncomfortable situation by faith, right? I got to start committing and be accountable by faith. See, because normally I don't want to be accountable until I think I'm ready, but I'm never going to get ready unless I make myself accountable first and I'm challenged to get ready because otherwise I'm stretching myself and I'm only going to stretch myself but so far, right? Does that make sense? You, you feel me there? So, so it could be lonely because everybody's not doing this. Everybody's not walking by faith. Everybody's not taking these steps to embrace brokenness. I was sharing uh, with a young man earlier today. I learned this from my former pastor. You know, this, I got a lot of stuff growing 18 years in the ministry, but uh, we were in a situation where he was supposed to be speaking, and somebody else showed up and kind of, jockeyed for the position to speak and so i've calmed down a lot but i'm an advocate by nature i don't like people taking being taken advantage of it's a pet peeve of mine i don't like people being hustled um so all my life i'm the guy that oh ho, ho, ho. no 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 that's not right you can't play them like that you know i've always been like that so i'm sitting there like almost boiling like hold on a second man because He's the, the, the pastor. I'm the armor bearer. But I'm like, whoa, 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 my man. My man. you you talking to him like like he's supposed to be the one run running this thing. But when, it, when, it, when the guy said, well, uh, so, so why are you here? Instead of saying, I'm here to, to, to do the eulogy, he said, I'm just here to support the family. So I'm looking. I said, let me see how this play out. So then we go in the back with all the pastors, and he looks at the program. He says, well, I, I don't see why I can get you in here. And so he said, no problem. He said, I'm just here to support the family. So I'm sitting there going, no, that's not why we're here. But I still didn't say nothing. Now we go, and we sit on the pulpit. So they were all sitting on the pulpit, and I was in another row behind everybody. So the guys go, I'm going to give all these preachers two minutes. Because in certain cultures, preachers just show up at funerals. They don't even know the person. They just show up to preach. All right, so he said, I'm going to give everybody two minutes. Sir. Everybody got their little word in, but... When he got to my pastor, he says, uh, no, no, I'm I'm good. I'm just here to support the family. I was like, no, this is interesting. So the guy does the eulogy, the other guy. He must have felt convicted because at the end he says, okay, we're going to close out, but we're going to let, my former pastor's name is Pastor Forbes. We're going to let Pastor Forbes do the prayer. He ain't even ask him, but he must have felt kind of convicted that he boxed him out. All right, so he does the prayer. We walk out, so he takes me to my car. He says, well, let me just take you to your car. Your car is parked different. So we walk, and I said, can I ask you a question? I said, you were supposed to do that funeral, right? I said, so that's what we came here for? He said, yeah. He said, yeah, Keith. He says, but, you know, I think he said his his father always taught him, you have to invite opportunities for humility. And he said, he says, I'm in charge at every level of my life. So when, when these these situations of humility come, I, I can't just say face, I have to embrace them, I have to invite them. Now, what does that do? That, 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 that breaks something that's holding us called pride, right? Now, you notice these situations don't show up when you're ready for them because you wouldn't need humility if you're ready. You know how, you, you know how to be humble When you know is a situation when you need to be humble? No, these situations come up when you're not ready for it. And what is your reflex? Is your reflex embracing the humility or being defensive? See, if it's being defensive, you found out something that's binding you called pride. Right? We're still here together? All right. So we have to learn to invite opportunities for humility. All right, that's not my notes, but I thought I'd share that with you because I was talking to somebody else about that earlier today. All right, so one of the things we ended up with last week, we said a lot of times uh, you have these three levels. You have what? You have bondage. Now to, to, to get out of, once you release from bondage, you go where? I remember? Hope said the wilderness, right? And then from the wilderness, if you handle to embrace the wilderness right, then now you're released into the promised land. You you broke free, right? So we said you 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 wanna you don't want to rush out of the wilderness, rush around the wilderness, or rush through the wilderness, right? You want to let some things burn, let some things take. Now a lot of times in the wilderness, there's not a lot of exciting things going on. There's a lot. It's it's a lonely place, right? You could be tempted to be depressed. But actually, the wilderness is getting some things out of you. And you can tell because when you're in the wilderness, you get antsy, right? You try to put your hands on it. I was sharing this with somebody earlier today. See, this is the thing. I was sharing, like, even the process because at a certain stage, my promise was my wife, right? Because what? I was single, right? And even when I was with somebody, I still was single because it wasn't the person I was supposed to be with, right? Don't get mad if that was you, right? But... Honestly, if you with who you're not supposed to be with, you're still lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. But, but, but we, we try to, we create what? Denial, fantasies, and stuff like that because we're, we feel like we're stuck. And if we're dealing with in, uh, low self-esteem, we feel like, well, this might be the last person to like me. Yeah. We've been there, and like, I've been there before. Come on, y'all like, you know, you got to grow into believing in yourself. Right? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? All right, so, so so, now I actually f- see I, I, supernaturally this is my wife. So the temptation is what? J- j- just pounce on her. Not, not physically, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Finally, right? No, 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 no. I still, I'm in the presence of God when I see her. If I wasn't in the presence of God, I wouldn't even have recognized her, right? So I got to stay in the presence of God until everything is complete. But I'm tempted, what? To leave outside of the presence of God, number one, for sex too soon. But I wasn't leaving the presence of God for sex. You understand what I'm saying? I wasn't leaving the presence of God to put my hands on orchestrating the outcome. Because that's the only way, the only way, the only way I could do it without God is I would have had to leave out of the presence of God and put my hands on it. You see what I'm saying? Even when I was 18 years at the last church, I wasn't leaving out of the presence of God to put my hands on what God called and purposed me to do. See, I had to, this, the scripture says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he'll strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Well, what am I doing in the waiting? See, see, uh, I'm in the wilderness purging out what's gonna, what could have what ruined my relationship with my wife. You see what I'm saying? If I, if, there's some things that can ruin the promise. See, when we start to see the promise, that, that, that gives us incentive to go deeper in God, not to run out of the presence of God and go grab it, put our hands on it. Do you see me? You feel me so far? So we talked about a lot of times why you have to go into the wilderness is because even though we're out of bondage physically, we're still carrying around bondage mentally, right? We're carrying around that flash drive. So uh, Ed called it a cash drive, right? Because he said, uh, what do y'all call it? C- clear your cash and cookies. You know, when people had uh, interruptions with their computer in their at their job, they would say, hey, did you clear your cash and cookies? There's things that are that's slowing you down. There's things that's making sure the information is not Operating clearly with artwork. If you do, if, if 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 you got all this stuff going on, or if you haven't updated the computer with artwork, is you can type in something and it'll be all types of other background stuff, lines and everything in the way because the computer needs to upgrade. Or I can type in something and the wheel will start turning. Like it wouldn't. It would, It just doesn't. It type in. So I. So I have to make sure everything on my computer is harmonized. You see, so if it's, not, if it's not in harmony, right, it's not going to be a smooth transition. I can't produce what I want to produce. You understand what I'm saying? So so, so Ed talked about uh, clearing the cash and cookies, what I thought was good. Pastor Mel says, we're taken in the wilderness to be tested. So remember Mark chapter 3, uh, 17, this is an audible, but this is my son whom, whom I'm well pleased, right? The next thing that happened is what? Jesus, the spirit of Matthew 4.1, the spirit led him into the wilderness. And then he went through test to test what he said he knew. Not what he said he knew, but what he was trained to know. So now it's only, a, 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 how can I say? It's only excruciating if you're not ready for the test. Like, 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 the thing is, I was great at tests because I was ready for them. I knew the information. So I didn't go into a test with test anxiety. I went to a test like, woo boy, because I, I, I just like answering questions. I like solving problems. I've been this way my whole life. So when the test would come, I'd be like, woo. And, and, and so for me, it was how fast I was going to finish, not if I was going to fail or not. That was never an issue. It was just how fast I was going to finish. Then, then sometimes I had to slow down because there was nothing else to do. And everybody else wasn't finished, so I couldn't play cards and gamble with people if they didn't finish their test. That's what I would do when I would finish my test. I'd lift my book up and we would gamble. Right? So what I'm saying is is, is these, Jesus was equipped, but just because he was equipped and just because he was an endorsed, now I'm going to take you through the wilderness so you can see One, I can see what's in you, and you can see what's in you. Because this test is preparing you for something else. Do you understand the wilderness wasn't it for Jesus? Remember, he went in the garden and said, oh, let this bitter cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not thy will, thy will be done. So this was after the wilderness. But if he didn't pass the test in the wilderness, he wasn't going to pass the test in the garden. And if he didn't pass the test in the garden, he wasn't going to pass the test of the cross. Do you see that? This is Jesus. We ain't Jesus, don't you? Don't, we have a cross, take up your cross. Z, ain't that scripture? Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him? Yes. That's, that's what she said for the people that's watching online, right? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like so, but, but we, we, we're looking to wipe our forehead when, no, we got a, a, this test is preparing us for a test, which is preparing us for a test. All right, you got me so far there, right? We talked about that last week, but I don't want to bring us up. So, where we're, this bondage is at three levels. So, we talked about the three different stages of getting out of bondage, but it's at three levels. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, right? Bondage is at three levels. The lust of the flesh. So, that's your fornication and your food. Uh, that's your drink. That's when you're... you're when you're almost being uh, convinced that you, you're not enough, so you try to feed yourself. You remember, that's how you got, got Eve. Oh, geez, you know, he don't want you to eat this, so you would be just like him. They was already made in this image and his likeness, right? So that's the first level, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes, that's when you're, you're, you're tempted with envy and jealousy, right? That's when you're tempted to protect yourself. You know, you, you reduce everybody into a, a rival, right? Even in relationships, you get into comparison. Do you know mother and father, you, do you know there's parents that are jealous of their kids? Yes. Yes. Do you know there's kids jealous of their parents? Yes. You know, as opposed, see, and that's dangerous. You can benefit from people. Like we've had people in our lives, all we do is serve. They can benefit from us. But since they, 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 they couldn't handle the light Instead of benefiting from us, they they depersonalized us into a rival. So they missed out. Why God put them in our lives, or, or us in their lives? Every everything I've every person I've been around, you know, I was around a you know good friend of mine this week. We don't have what they have as a church, but I'm good because I'm not trying to beat them. But I'm learning from them. You see what I'm saying? You know, and at the, at the table, they, they sat down and we was at dinner, and uh, one of them uh, gave us some advice because people really, I think I can say this is not negative, it's for, sometimes people think we're cheating ourselves because we give away so much, right? So since I'm transparent, uh, one of the things was like, okay, you guys aren't charging for marriages counseling and stuff like that so for a lot of ministries since since people normally take you for granted in ministry the 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 balance to that is you charge for weddings you charge for funerals you charge for counseling so now you you can live a decent life right so that so 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 Nobody was tripping. So what I shared with them is I said, well, God told us in this season to give away everything. Because when they found out all the stuff that we give away, they're like, your church as well as you guys could benefit a lot more if you attached a value to it. And I was taught that in my last church, attach a value because if you don't, people can take things for granted. Right? And sometimes people do. Well, what I said was, well, in this season, um, I'm not saying we would never do that, but I'm saying in this season, God told us to give away everything. So, in other words, we'll eat being taken advantage of. We'll just trust that God will t- cover things from there, right? You, 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 you understand what I'm saying? But, but, again, this is what I told him. Listen, if we ever are getting to a place where it looks like, okay, they they're, they done lost their minds. I said, check us because we're accountable. You see what I'm saying? I said, you guys can check us. You go, oh, okay. I understand what you was doing, but you're going down right now. You might want to change your philosophy. Do you understand what I'm saying? They, so we told them they can check us. But they respected what we said because I, I said, listen, we, we, we're, we're, phenomenal. we're fine. We're, God is taking care of us. So as long as God keeps taking care of us, we ain't changing what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? But I understood where they were coming from. You got me so far? I'm, 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 I'm going some here going somewhere with this, all right? All right, so then you have, I said, lust, envy, jealousy, uh, things to protect yourself. But then you got the pride of life. The pride of life is my power and my might has gotten me this wealth, right? That's when you try to empower yourself. See, I don't trust that God's going to promote me, so I'm going to empower myself. I'm going to create my own ministry, either in front of somebody's face or behind the scenes. I'm creating my own thing because I don't trust God. I'm not staying in the wilderness. I'm coming out to do my own thing. All right? You see that? All right? So those, those, those are the things that tempt us to get out of the wilderness, and if we get out of the wilderness, we don't purge that uh, flash drive that's in our head, right? Pastor Mel said this, in the, the wilderness has a value because in the wilderness, uh, you have no one but God to meet your need. See, see, we say, well, ain't nobody, uh, ain't nobody thinking about me. Oh, God's there. God's right there, right? And so we'll leave God to create our own. See, that's why Deuteronomy 8.2 says, God is uh, taking you to the wilderness to humble you. Ooh, ooh remember we just talked about humility? So the, so the number one reason why you're still in the wilderness sometimes is to humble you. And since we're always trying to save face, manipulate around it, take on lust to feed ourselves, uh, take on things that make us look good even though we're doing bad, right? All those things are not embracing our humility. We have to invite the opportunity of humility when we're in the wilderness. It says to prove you, to test you. Jesus went through tests. And it says why? So you would know what's in your heart whether you keep his commandments or not. See, again, every level you go to, uh, we're going to talk about in consideration of the whole on uh, Sunday. All right. Every level you go to, like God ain't really tripping about what you have and what you do. Is he first at every level you're at? Is he top priority? At every level you're at, is God first? When it comes to your children, is God first? When it comes to your family, is God first. When it comes to your job, is God first. Your talent, God's first. Your volunteering, it's God first. Do I play off of God first or do I play off of what I want to do first and I throw God in as an honorable mention? God, I'll let you, I'll let you be involved with this. But, but see, what's our non-negotiables? Is it what we've established as what we want to do and then we'll fit God in Or if it's no matter what, God is first. Even if I have to sacrifice something, that's a good deed. Whether it's family, whether it's, uh, I'm down, well, you know, every fourth Sunday, I feed the homeless down to such and such. If God has something to do, does that change that? Or you tell yourself, it's a good deed, I've established my own righteousness See, many in the last days are going to say, I cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. He's going to say, depart from me, you work of inequity. I do not know you. See, again, how will you prove you so you will know what's in your heart, whether you keep his commandments or not? It's all about will will you stay obedient at every level you're at? Does that make sense? Right? And, and, and pick a category. Just stay obedient. That's all it is. Do, it doesn't mean you can't do other things. It's just make sure you're playing off of God first. Does that make sense? Now, you got to be honest with that. You, are we, are, y'all, still, y'all still here? Y'all ain't leave, right? Okay. All right. Now, uh, so these tests. So, if we skip the test, it's like moving to the promised land of uh, Without, without a visa. You know how like, uh, you come into the country and you gotta have a visa? And the people that sneak into the country, you know, that's why they have the, the whole border thing when it comes to election is all about protecting the borders because people what, sneaking into the country. So, so why do they need a visa? So we know you here, we know where you're at, we know what you're doing, <laughs> right? No visa, you here? We don't know you here. We don't know what you have. We don't know what you're doing. So if something happens, we didn't even know you was here, right? Does that make sense? All right, so you sneak into the promised land without passing the test, and you don't have a visa. You you're gonna be like just like those people in the country. Every time something come up, they're looking over their shoulder. They can easily be bribed. They can easily be uh, what do you call it. Uh, Not bribe. What do you call it? Um, Not extorted. uh, Not con. What is is it? Uh, Blackmail. Right? You do this, or I'll I'll tell somebody you don't have a visa. you want to find yourself in a promised land and somebody say, listen, you do what I tell you to do, or otherwise I'll I'll expose you to God that you ain't supposed to be at this level. You snuck, you, you manipulated your way to this level. You don't belong here. And you ever feel like you're in a place that, and you're hoping nobody find out? You know, like the people that sneak into a certain level of the job and you're hoping nobody find out that you don't qualify? Right? I, so so we, we, we don't have to do this if we just be still in the wilderness. Right? Be still in the wilderness. The scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. All right, Psalm 46.10, be still in the wilderness. Don't get antsy in the wilderness. See, we struggle with stillness in the wilderness because we can't see the promised land. See, see if I'm in the wilderness, Gerard, and I can see the promised land, well, the wilderness don't really bother me that much. I'm excited. Let me, let me embrace all this because I need to be ready for that. I had people talking to me when I was at the other church, and you know, I had people come to me, man, when you gonna start your church, this and the other, I would change the topic because, no, I need to embrace where I'm at right now. I don't need to be focusing on all that. I have to embrace where I'm at. You know, I had all types, well, I was just thinking, I don't care what you think. You know, I need to embrace everything I'm doing, and I can't do the time just so busy focusing on where I wanna go. I gotta, I gotta complete where I'm at. Does that make sense? And so, so when I, well, because God, like I saw clearly what God showed me he wanted to do. So I was able to, I'm going to, I'm going to embrace everything coming at me. I remember telling one of the ministers, I said, you know, people think it's a rock star thing to pastor. This is why I was a minister. I said, first of all, right now I'm at a church. I have a covering. That was my first thing. I said, the other thing is, I, I just show up. There's thousands of people for me to minister to. So all I got to do is, like, not, not, not like here. You know, I'm responsible for everything. I just show up, minister. And we, I told you we had a, a stadium, so you would go down the tunnel. I show up, minister, and then I go down. I'm done. That's it. Like, matter of fact, I can come right before it's time for praise and worship. A lot of times I would have my headphones on. I had praise and worship in the in the back at the in the pastor's uh, dining room, and then I would just come up right before praise and worship minister. I'm done. That's it. Matter of fact, when I'm done, I would go out the tunnel, go back to my office, and, and we parked in the back. Go get in my car, and I go home. That's it. I had to do nothing else. And I said, but when I I said when God sends me out there, one, I am a covering. Two. I don't know who coming. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Like, here's thousands of people no matter what. When I went to Ohio State, there was hundreds of players. Hundreds of players didn't always come to Bible study. Before camp, we might have 50 or 60. During camp, we might have 25. But still, they're already there. I would go do the Bible study, guess what? And go home. Capital, do the Bible study, and guess what? Go home. That's it. I have a whole lot more Even when I'm home, I'm responsible for this church. You don't rush into that unless you're prepared. So I was like, hey, I'm not going to to do nothing without God. I'm going to embrace every level of the test. Break everything in me that will be in the way. And I see why he had to do it because things don't go according to your plan. They go according to God's design, and then everybody's not obedient to God's plan. So you have to have patience, right? I told you we showed up at the church, nine o'clock, service started at nine o'clock, uh, discipleship class started at eight o'clock. Well nobody there. So, so I'm gonna get mad. I'm a, then nobody knows how to be consistent to be on time. At first, I was like, oh, really? we just going to show up like, it's, uh, discipleship class start at 8. We're going to show up at 8.45. Service start at 9. We're going to show up at 9.45. For the first part of the, the, the church, people were getting 15-minute messages because I was on a default. Hey, you ain't here. You just missed out. And i would just teach the message. And the next week, I wouldn't teach the same message. I would teach part two. And then part three and part four, like I do now. But guess what? People was getting 15-minute messages. Now I'm looking at people, hey, don't you know such and such? And the Lord said, how do you know? They've been getting 15-minute messages. You you say to yourself, you taught that, but wasn't nobody there. He said, unless you humble yourself and adjust, I was operating almost like military. We start on time. Well, who knows? The story? Who, who's been the basic training? Nobody. Everybody's just coming to the church. Z wasn't even on time. <laughs> yeah, I said Z, but we, we already know somebody else that was living five minutes away wasn't on time, right? He, he dropped his head over there, A guy in the back, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, so what do you do? I just changed, hey, we'll start when the majority of people get here. Oh, it was excruciating for me because now they're dictating when we start. That's why when some people came to the church, they was like, man, how come we ain't starting on time? Because the people trained us, but the whole goal was to get back to what? Starting on time, which is what we do now, right? You understand what I'm saying? You, 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 you see how I had to adjust? Guess what? I'm not the only one to have to adjust. You, some of y'all have really grown, and you're dealing with people as if you had already been there. God got to break that out of you because you forgot how you got there. And if you really remembered how you got there, you will be dealing with them the same way we dealt with you. I'm gonna let that soak in for a second. See, that's what some of the wilderness is for. See, the first part of it is you had to get it, and some of us are just happy that we got it, and we walking around like, like, let me. You don't know any better. Come here. Let me. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Let me. Let me get you together. Let me get you together. No, no, no. That's not what. That's not how nobody talked to you. All right. Okay. Good. Good. That's going over real well. All right. So, so, so this. What causes this? Like, why can't we see the promised land in the wilderness and and get frustrated and rush out of the wilderness? Well, because of blindness. See, all these temptations are trying to facilitate a level of blindness. They're trying to create blind spots. And see, so it takes courage to embrace the wilderness and not allow these temptations to enter in and create blind spots or cloud us, right? 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 And and, and and you have to realize the reason why you're 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 forging this courage in the wilderness is because God's growing you to be leaders. It's like he's growing you to take over, build, start something, build something, grow it and reproduce people following you from it. Not just assist with it, but really leading it, building it and growing it because because God wants to reduplicate you in other people, right? And so to do that, we have to embrace the wilderness. Because sometimes we get to places where we go, oh, wait, 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 wait. They expect something of me. Oh, these people don't lost their mind up in here. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. See, see, you know, I was doing fine until we added the people. Remove the people. I, listen, I'll I, I do this. No, 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 no. Now you have to reproduce yourself in the people. And, and, and all the, the excellence and expertise you have, you weren't always that way. Do we have to talk about the BC days? You forgot about them? Do you know what people went through to get you to be in Christ? Now you have people around you that you're like, don't they see they're supposed to do this? No, they don't see. They're blind. Like you were. So you gotta help them to see. You have to be just as patient as the people. You didn't see it, but spiritually, people was guiding you around. No, 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 no. Come over here. No, 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 you're gonna run into that. Come on over here. That's how they was dealing with you, growing you. Like a blind person. Because you kept running into trouble. Do you see that? Now other people running into trouble, you're like, oh. You didn't kick them off the team. They don't know what they know. You didn't know what you were doing, but nobody kicked you off the team. All right, so you got me. You got me so far. All right, so this blindness, this blindness, this is the uh, ooh, eh, eh, it's excruciating, right? So, so, so we have to operate in courage because uh, I, 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 was I saw this in the movie Braveheart. Uh, men don't, people don't follow titles; they follow courage. So that courage is forged in this wilderness. What is this courage? It's the courage to be transparent and vulnerable to the body. We're hiding from the body. But we're supposed to be transparent and vulnerable before the body. See, the more transparent you are, the more you reveal the Christ in you. You're hiding Christ. All because you don't want to be exposed, right? And see, so when, when, we're, when we take on this blindness or impaired vision, it creates an inability to see beyond the blind spots. See, because see, and when we, when we have blind spots, you know why they're dangerous? Because you always think it's them, because you can't see you. If you're leading people and they tripping, it ain't always them. It's their response to your leadership. but the blind spot is, is clouding you from seeing you. You only see their behavior. You don't see how you're affecting their behavior. So when you remove yourself, you think you're relieving you. No, you're relieving them from dealing with you. Like that, like we have to see ourselves. See, one of the things I realized, like even as the church grows, you know, people are a reflection of you. So as as the church grows, I go, okay, I got to keep growing. If I'm expecting them to grow, I got to keep growing. I got to I got to come up with more wisdom. I got to be more patient. I got to come with different angles. Like I can't I can't change them, but I can change me. And you know, so just like we we, we asked uh, how many times it was been is, is two times in a row for service. Well, Z, you know, you you could blurt it out. Have I grown since you've been here? You didn't have to say it like that. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, my God. Woo. (laughs) No, she didn't do that. Right? But I'm constantly trying to grow. You understand what I'm saying? But are you? Or is it just everybody else? Is it just your children? You know, children are a mirror. Is it just the people you're leading? They're a mirror. They're supposed to place a demand on you to go deeper, to get rid of what's in you that's clouding you from finding the wisdom to guide them into being the best that they can be. Not to turn and run, right? Right. And so, so, so this blindness or this imperative, this is why we don't walk in liberty, this is why people don't follow us because liberty is a supernatural level of authority, right? And so, so we don't walk in liberty because the, the blind can't see the liberty they have. So they stay bound to fears and insecurities. Most of the time people struggle with leading because they're insecure. Or, or, or they're leading people and they see a level of expertise. Or you see somebody jockeying for position. Or somebody is always trying to prove they're better than somebody. That's a part of leadership. That's a part of having a team. They ain't going nowhere. So your job is to come up with the wisdom to help them to see. And sometimes you got to take some hits. Right? I'm not just telling you this uh, because I'm a pastor. You get yourself together. I've gone through this. I've grown through this. Ain't that right, Ms. Lamar? You can speak up loud. <laughs> right? Right. And, 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 but I have. Like, I, like I've taken hits. I, if you've been around here, I've been humiliated. And the humiliation wasn't because I didn't know what to do. It was called suffering, restrained retaliation. You see what I'm saying? That's what's the suffering of this present time. is not worthy to be compared to the glory shall be revealed in you. It was restrained retaliation. Man, I've had people snap on me, and they snap because they didn't take the time to hear what I was saying. They were ex- snapping from their experience but not listening to the reality of what was being communicated. Yeah. 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 So I just had to take the hit. Yeah, there's, there's people to stop coming to church for a couple weeks. <laughs> Who they think they... And honestly, I didn't even say nothing to them direct. It's just from up here. I didn't even say their name. Who does he think he talking to? Man, I don't think he's that. And Lord knows if I say your name and try to use you as an example, people got offended for that. Listen, I'm not putting nobody down. Do you understand? I'm just telling you, ask the people. I ain't treat them no different. And sometimes it's been public snapping on me. I just eat it because do you beat up a blind man because they can't see? Man, what's wrong with you, man? Can't you see that? No. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? But this is what we're doing. We're beating up, talking about, gossiping about blind folk that can't see instead of assisting them to see. What I said at that what I said in a. Enrichment is, I said, we're so busy looking at medications and stuff like that instead of just getting people healed. The number one thing people need to be healed of is their blindness because they'll see their healing if they're not blind, too. Yeah. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? We'll see what God has and we won't keep hustling. You know why we hustle? Because we can't see. Yeah. If you see what God has designed, who would work and hustle for something that God has given you freely? But we don't see it, so we 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 hustling for nothing, we networking for nothing. People that are networking for nothing. Okay, come on, y'all. Now let's not get sensitive. Obviously, there's some, some blessed networks. Okay, but you understand what I'm saying? Some of us can can testify. Man, I wasted a whole lot of time. Some of us, some people said, man, I'm so glad I invested in this. You understand what I'm saying? But what I'm trying to tell you is, we don't have to hustle. All right, Galatians four three. Let's 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 look at this. Galatians four three. Y'all dialed in? Are you dialed in? Do you, do you, do, you, do you get what God's talking about here? It says, uh, all right. Let me just go there. I don't know what I have written over here. Galatians four three. I'm talking about liberty. It says, uh, verse 3, it says, even so when we were children, now remember when I was a child, I as a child, thought as a child, a child understood as a child, right? When we were children, even so when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world, right? So when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements, the limits of the law. When we were children, uh, it was James talked about it uh, Sunday, right? He says we should be getting strong meat, right? Not still eating, not be on milk still. I mean, do you understand if you still walking around with a bottle at 35, 40 years old, something wrong. Still still drinking milk, you know, and somebody tried to give you solid food. I, I can't take that. I can't process that. Just give me some Similac. Now, some of y'all laugh when I said that, but that's what you're doing in the kingdom. When that strong meat comes, oh, 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 come on. Hey, oh, oh, that's too much. That's too much. Give me that simulac over there. Give me that spiritual simulac. That's what we're doing, right? That's what James talked about, right? Didn't you, James? Just let you know I was paying attention, right? (laughs) Which is uh, personal foul, unnecessary roughness. I'm not even going to repeat that, even though I was tempted. I'm not gonna repeat that. But see, that that see, we gotta, we gotta deliver, we gotta deliver him from that bondage of just blurting out something that wasn't necessary. <laughs> All right. All right, so let's go to verse verses eight and nine. Let's go to verses eight and nine. Now, now, verse three is after you're in the tutors and governors at the point of time of the father, right? That's verse three. Now you go down here to verse eight and nine. It says, How be it then when you knew not God? Now there's a there's a time in our life we don't we're not intimate with God. It says, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. We serve, we hustle, we chase after people that are not gods. Looking for a promise that only God can give us. Right? So we're bound to, to, to that appetite. You see that? It says, verse 9. It says, but now after you have known God. So this is assuming you know God now. Or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggary, beggary elements where, until you desire again to be in bondage? It's like, now you know God. He says, I get you was in bondage when you didn't know him. Now you know God and you're running back to be bound? Like that makes no sense. See, blind people, know that. Blind people do that. See, blindness has us not knowing we're free. Bound by an improper image of ourselves. So we see ourselves as smaller than we are. You remember, Simba was, had grown into a lion, but still saw himself as a cub. And to, Rafiki told him to look into the water. I, I figured most people have seen the Lion King, that's why I'm using it, okay? Remember, he looked in there and he thought, he didn't, he didn't see himself still. He thought it was his dad. Because he had been a cub. When he got into the jungle, got distracted, hanging around with the wrong people, and he was walking around for years with an improper image of himself. You see that? I pulled that from the book that I wrote, so I just thought I'd slip that in here, a little plug for the book, right? So improper image of himself. seeing ourselves as smaller than we are. Look here at Mark chapter eight um, Verse 21, we're going to start uh, uh, 21 through 25. Mark chapter 8, 21 through 25. And I really don't know what version I got here. Let me me (laughs) me see if this is the King James. Mark chapter 8, 21 through 25. He says to him, how is it? How is it that ye do not understand? Okay. All right. They believe this is King James. It says, and he said unto them, how is it that ye do not understand? And he come unto Bethesda and, and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he, look, he led him away from others because what he wanted to do, he didn't want the response of others. Because that would, that, that, a lot of times, God has already done a work in you. You start listening to other people that don't believe, and you go back into bondage. He took him out of the town, right? It says, when he had spit, now, first, he spit on his eyes. He didn't touch him. Well, so he, he spit on his eyes, and he put his hands on him, not on his eyes. He spit on his eyes, put his hands on him, and he asked him if he saw art. He says, do you see now? He says, he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. So he saw people bigger than they were. And he, and, uh, he says, I, I saw men as trees walking. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made them look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly as they really are. See, when, when, when he first laid hands on him, do you think when, when Jesus laid hands on him, that wasn't enough to heal him? To clear his sight? Yes. But see, he had to, he had to break through to see clearly. Right? So, so sometimes we're, we're, we're seeing a little bit, but we see things as bigger than they are. We see people as better than they are. We compare ourselves to people so we don't do stuff because we say, I can't do it like them. But when we start to see clearly, we see people just as they are. Not that they're not still gifted, but we see them just as human as we are. So we're encouraged we can do it too. I remember when I first played in the summer pro league and I was playing against this particular game, I was playing against Mark Jackson. This year he was the rookie of the year. And so now I'm new to this, this whole culture. And so, so, so we get in the game and we're in the locker room. so. When, I was, when I'm nervous, I crack jokes. So I'm cracking jokes because the whole time, they're all they kept saying, and we have today, Mark Jackson. I, was, I said, oh, so you just celebrity out here. So we cracking jokes. I'm really trying to relax myself because I know i got to play against this guy. And so the game starts. I come in. I come down, spin, score, come down, spin, score, come down, spin. So sub, they take him out the game. Right? So when they take him out the game, uh, you know, I play a little bit. I score a little more. I'm playing. You know, I'm, I'm relaxed. Bimps up, they're bringing him back in the game. I said, okay, now Mark Jackson's about to show me why he's rookie of the year and why I'm not in the NBA. This was my perception. When he gets into the game, he tells the other guard, you play him. I looked, I said, huh? No, you're supposed to, like, like, humble me now. You know, you know. I mean, uh, Mark Jackson's about six, six four, six five. You know, I mean, you're, you're rookie of the year, so you're the best first-year player in the NBA. Now you're supposed to go, young buck, let me show you how to do it. Because that's what I was used to in the hood. Right? Nah. He said, no, no, no. no you had somebody play him. I said, wait a minute. That day, I said, hold on. These guys are human. I'm, I'm, I'm making them bigger than they are because of I seen them on TV, but they're human. Then I watched in our practice, the Knicks practice after us. Uh, Hubie Brown was showing one of the players when you shoot the left hand hook, you want to get under it and shoot over. And I'm watching. We I was watching the practice. I said, "He's in the NBA and he's showing how to shoot left hand hooks." I shoot left hand jump shots. That's your opposite hand. I shoot with both hands. I said, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm floored," but then I realized, "Wait a minute." These people are human just like me. So all that changed my whole game. I could play against anybody now. Because what? They're human just like me. I got to play against you, but you got to play against me. For the rest of my life, I was good. When I go to speak, I don't know what to say, just like you. I got to depend on the Holy Spirit, just like you. Do you know what the difference is? Sometimes. I don't trust me. I trust the Holy Spirit. Just like you have to. When you start to see that, you just say, hey, Lord, wants you, you call me, Lord, you want to use this vessel, I'm going to yield to you. I spend a lot of time getting Keith out of the way. That's what I do. That's why I'm on my face. That's why I'm praying do more of that than, oh, oh, let me make sure I memorize the script. I do more of that than that. I do more of that. Than, I got to have to say this exactly right. Uh, uh, okay. Hey, you know, right before we pull up, y'all don't see me in a passenger seat with my iPad out. Uh, oh, oh, babe, babe, be quiet. you got to get the sermon down right. No. Ask my wife. I'm praying in the spirit. I got worship going. Keeping it real, I was with, when I got to Richmond, they probably didn't notice, I'm in the car and everything, I got, a, I got one of my ear buds in my ear. While we're sitting there talking, I got worship going on. Because I didn't know what, yeah, I mean, I ain't been in the church in a while, I, I didn't know what they was playing. I mean, they, they had good worship, but I'm saying, just in case, because I, I would have stayed in the office and been in worship, came out just enough time, now I came out because I I can hear the worship. Why? Because I know I gotta get my heart right. Guess what? Just like you. You see that? You start to see things different. What this is called, you know, uh, see, see, a lot of times we're bound by impaired vision, which triggers misplaced fear, false evidence appearing real. See, if I'm blind, you, you ever you ever walk into a dark room? First time I went to one of them haunted houses, never went again. Um, not I, feel, I just don't like being someplace I can't see. And it was pitch black. Now, I was in there laughing because everybody else was scared. But still, it was like pitch black. I can't see nothing. And the, you, the uncertainty can intimidate you, right? Right? Yes. Same thing in your life. What's intimidating you right now? The uncertainty. When you can't see. The scripture says, he that lacketh these things can't see afar off. So now you're going to be in more fear. You're going to make things bigger than they are before you, you, you won't do what God is telling you to do because you, you, it, it seemed bigger than it really is. All right. Uh, all right. So I got, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit extra time here. But Isaiah 14. Right. Isaiah 14. Because because the, 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 what what do they call him, the deceiver? Is is that what uh, Satan is called, one of his names? He's called a deceiver for a reason. That's his whole thing, making you think things are bigger than they are. So uh, Isaiah 14, verse 16. Isaiah 14, verse 16. It says, uh, now he's, uh, this, is, this chapter is talking about Satan, or Lucifer, Satan, Lucifer becoming Satan. It says, verse 16, they that see thee, this is in the last days, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? Like we went for this guy? We let him play us? Man, I wish I'd have known he was what he really was the whole time. I'm running around, scared, running, shaking in my boots. Now, now, what happens is this this uh, false evidence period, this syndrome, seeing things bigger than they are. They call it um, Mac, let's see, macro let's see, Macrop macropsia, macropsia. That's it. M-A-C-R-O-P-S-I-A, macropsia. So what that is, is objects appear larger than normal. And it's an impairment in your vision where objects appear larger than normal, causing a person to to feel smaller than they are, causing a person to feel smaller than they are. See, when we see ourselves small, we see people bigger than they are or bigger than God is, and it limits our liberty. See, so when you see everything bigger than we are or bigger than God is, this is what happens with the circumstances. When we magnify the circumstances, we, we see them as bigger than God's ability to deliver us. So now we can't walk in liberty because we think we're restricted by the circumstance. We feel that we're stuck because we don't realize, yes, with men it is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. So we're free no matter what hurdles come our way, right? Remember when uh, uh, you can write it down, numbers numbers 13, 30 through thirty-three. So, so we're gonna get to numbers thirteen here real soon. So it's just some advanced information. Remember when uh, so Joshua and Caleb and Joshua, Caleb, and ten other spies, they go out to spy out the land. Well, they, they really wasn't supposed to go to spy the land. They didn't need to go to spy the land, which is God told you it should. It's the land of promise, that's all you need to know. But they go spy out the land. When they come back, 10 out of the 12 says, oh, no, 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 we, we can't go there. There's giants in the land and we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They, 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 they says, we see ourselves as grasshoppers, but we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Did they interview them? How do you see us? Do you see us like grasshoppers? No, it was their perception. But Joshua and Caleb saw different. They weren't blind. They was like, oh, no, no, we're well able to take the land. Because Joshua and Caleb knew, we got God with us. See, David didn't see a giant. He saw a victory. He took a stone. Do you know what you got to see to to say you're going to take a giant out with a stone? Not, hey, give me, all, give me your best armor, give me your best sword, give me your best men. You go this angle, you go this. But David said, oh, no, 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 no. He coming against God. That's all I need to know. So David saw his stone hitting him the only place it could hit him to take him out. So he didn't see Goliath as big. It's one thing I learned in basketball, what they used to say is, like, you, you don't play like, like a little guard. So the first game I ever started, I played games, I started at what they call small forward. So that's, it's, it's different now, but back in the day, the tall people played small forward. But why was the coaches confident and, and put me in a position? Because I played in the position sometimes. And if they had a, if, if the other team had a guy that was a, a really good score, they would put me on them as a defensive player anyway. So, But I didn't, I didn't go, oh, he's taller than me, and what am I going to do? As far as I'm concerned, first of all, what is taller than you? So I'm 5'11". So if somebody's 6'4", how much more taller are they than me? They're not giants. What, what was 5 inches? Was this about 5 inches? This is how much more taller they are than me. And I could just be their head. I'm just, I'm for real, like. So, when you're looking at the person, you're not going, man, you, t-. I mean, I get if the person's seven foot, but even that's relative. Seven, seven feet, right? That's seven, that's, that's not 72 inches, that's at 12, what is that, 84 inches, right? It's 84 inches, right? So, if I'm about 72 inches, 84 is what? Another 12 inches? That's a foot. That's about like that, right? How much more taller is the person than you? You see what I'm saying? So it's how you see it. I'm telling you this because like, I could care less how tall you was. Whoever gets there first is the person that scores. I can care less how tall you are. This is how you have to look at life. You don't care what the obstacle is. Whoever gets there first. See, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violence taken by force. Are you forcefully trying to get to... The stronghold, the position where you're anchored, where now when they come at you, you see them from every way. They come at you uh, one way and they'll flee seven ways. See, we got to break out of the bondage of seeing ourselves small, seeing every circumstance big, getting panic and fear, and just be creating stuff. God gave us everything we need. And see, you know why we can't wait on it? because everybody else is doing stuff. Let's be honest. When we get out of God's plan, what happens? Somebody introduces something to us. It's, it's, so it's something from the outside in, not from the inside out. Did God tell you? Now, obviously, God can tell you stuff, people can come to you and confirm what God told you. Y'all know that's not what I'm talking about. Let's look at our lives and be honest. When have we made the most mistakes? Right, the pressure of other people or getting antsy. Yeah, when have we messed up our money? Cause, cause everybody buying something. You don't even need it, but you buying it cause everybody else buying it. Caught up and keeping up. Remember that message, right? So, so God is saying, hey, slow down. Embrace the wilderness. It seems like it's taking longer because there's a lot that has to build on your life. A seedly abundantly above above you can ask or think has to rest on this character that I'm working in you. So let me purge out of the things that that will crumble or, or corrupt what I'm trying to build on your life. So embrace the wilderness. Listen, you're not behind. How can you be behind you? You're with you. Yeah, so you run in a race, right? And races is based on time, right? Right? And so, you know, this person's fast. So you spend the whole race making sure you're just ahead of them. So you finish the line. And you beat them. Right? You're faster than them but slower than you. Because when you run a race, you don't look to the left or the right. You run as fast as you can. You're not running against them. You're running to be the best you. Paul said, I ran my race and finished my course. Right? That's why we see he was free to run his race. No matter what anybody else was doing, no matter how fast they was going, no matter how slow they was going, no matter who was talking about them, just saying, no, I'm running my race, man. At my, I'm running my race at my pace, right? That's why he was at peace. I've run my race and finished my course, right? That's, so, so that's what liberty does for us. When we're bound, we're running somebody else's race. And the thing is, you know, you disqualified and you run running somebody else's lane. You got to stay in your lane, right? So that, 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 listen, if we don't get this, I, I think there's one more piece to this, or maybe two more pieces, but at least one more piece to this. We got to get this, because God's trying to set us up. He's been trying to se- see supernatural restoration is a waste if you ain't free. If you're still bound, so- listen. There are people right now have broken into certain levels. Now, I know this man of God. Listen, when I heard this man of God from way back in the '90s. All I could say to my wife is, man, that guy's preachers like he just came from the presence of God. As he started to prosper, you know, I'm around him, and I picked up something, you know, I was around him one time because he was always like a just a genuine guy. He wasn't caught up keeping up. Man, once he started to roll, now every time I, I can't get the word because I gotta hear about all this extra stuff he got. Listen. Most on God, the Lord blessed me with this, that, and that. That's not what it was. It was kind of like, I was like mushing it in my face. I'm like, something's changed. Then I got around the guy. I was at the guy's ministry. And it was like everything, he was dealing with us like we were some indentured servants. And we came to visit. And so we, you know, we're leaving. And it was almost like we just standing there. We're standing there like, and it was almost like, how dare you come in my presence? It was weird. The wife. Was, was open and we had a good exchange. But this person was just like, and we said, oh, right, we're just letting you know we're leaving. It was just almost like, go away peasants. Now, I didn't get offended, but I was like, wow, what happened to this guy? Why would you change when you had everything you needed? That's how you got the stuff you have. Because now your measure is them, not who you are. You don't even need all that. All you got, when I, I'm not saying, don't have, I'm not talking about the things he had. You don't need all that extra attitude and awe, like, man, God gave you a suit, wear the suit. Gave you some gaiters, enjoy your gaiters. Gave you a car, drive your car. But why do you have to change with it? See, now you're bound by what you have. If it's changing you, you think God's giving us stuff to change who we are? No. See, that, that's why we're still in the wilderness. Because God knows, he says, don't forget the Lord thy God when you build goodly houses. When you're, he, he talked about cattle for the people that got the land. When your cattle is multiplied. He says, when your silver and gold is multiplied. This is in the Bible. So, that means things are going to multiply. That's that's Deuteronomy. After the wilderness, verse 2, it goes on down to verse 5 and says, God chases whom he loves. So there's going to be a wilderness. There's going to be some chastening. When you drop down to verse 11, he says, when you build goodly houses. He said houses. He says when your flocks multiply. And a lot of people going, that's back in the day. When your silver and gold multiply, He says, then he said, okay, just in case y'all don't know what category you're in, when all that you have is multiplied. That's scripture. Then when you drop down to verse 17, we're still in chapter 8. He says, don't forget the Lord thy God, who's giving thee the power to get wealth. He says, after I give you all this stuff, don't forget me. So the wilderness is so you don't. How do I know that? Because he started out in verse 2, says, I put you in the wilderness for a reason. He goes on to verse 5 and says, I'm going to chastise you. He goes on to verse 11 and says, I'm going to multiply you. But I'm not multiplying you for you. I'm multiplying you for people to see I'm on your life and for you to be a benefit to people's lives. Then he said, hey, but don't don't say, this is what he said. Don't say my power, my might has gotten me this wealth, verse 17. Then it said, is he that gives thee the power to get wealth, verse 18. Now, some of us don't want the responsibility of wealth. We don't even want to, we don't want the pressure. So we go, I'm good, I'm good. What ain't about us? It's about others. You might be good, but the people that God wants you to impact is not good. We were out, and my wife says, you know what? I want to get to a place where everybody in here, I can just walk up. We we, we went to eat breakfast, and and people are nice people. And she says, you know, I want to get to a place where I can just walk up to everybody here and give them $100. Right? See, she's not thinking about her. There's things people have no idea what we do. But we love that we are able to do it. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because it's not about us. That's why in the conversation we was having later on with some other people, it's like, okay, that's kind of interesting. I don't want you guys to go under because you're giving away things that you could be building your resources on. But see, we didn't get the resources God did. Like th- within the last th- three or four weeks, I'm I'm almost overwhelmed with stuff that God personally has been doing. Just out of nowhere. I'm, it's, it's, I mean, while we, we, I know we was in Bible study fellowship and somebody did something. We're, we're, we were out of town. Somebody else called and did something. Like it was just. It was just, it's, just, it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's weird, but God already knows us. Just gives us an opportunity to do more for people. Do you understand know what I'm saying? But you got to, God got to shake that bondage because bondage got to give you stuff and all you'll think about is you. There's people right now, I'm going to tell you, they're going through millions a year and ain't thought about God one time. Some of us are going through hundreds of thousands a year and we go, okay, you know, uh, I'll make sure I give a biscuit my way. We, we don't even honor the tithe because we're not free from that, that fear that we're going to lose something. Then some of us don't want to let God pour. See, some of us, we have, we're, we're so not about money, God wants to give us money. Because he knows this person not going to be, they don't even care about this. So now I can use them to be a blessing to others. But then that person is like, no, 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 I don't want that. Then the person that's not handling the money right, because you've just rejected the resources that God wants to give you. So you're left for that person. That person is greedy. God wants you because you're not greedy. He's trying to get it to you because you ain't greedy. Man, stop rejecting it because you're leaving it for the greedy people. And God's trying to be a blessing to people. Would you, didn't you mention it the other day, uh, Ms. Lamar, Acts 4? Uh, well, he always talking about, was it, was it the commonwealth? Yeah, every, every time you turn around, he's talking about the commonwealth. The commonwealth is weed to everything that comes out of his mouth. For whatever reason, God wants to use them for the commonwealth. But Acts chapter 4 is an example of that. Nobody lacked. But everybody wasn't the same conduits. So some people are better. Like, like you got the Bailey's over here. Bailey's over here just love God. Well, God would want to pour stuff on their life because He know He can use them, right? But but the Bailey's can't reject it. You got to you got you got to take it all in. Let it look look. Let it overwhelm you, right? Let your cup run over, so it can pour into all these lives that God is sending your way. Okay. Because it's coming. Because God knows he can trust you. Right? You got that? So you ain't going to choke, are you? No. All right. They, they said that. Y'all probably didn't hear him, but I heard them. It was real definitive. No. All right? So, all right, stand on our feet. Not standing on your feet. Uh, this is not Sunday. Uh, that's it for the day. <laughs> right? Right? That's it for the day. So give me some thoughts. What, what you hear? What it make you think about? What stood out for you? If you're online, if you have a thought, you could either call in and a call-in number at the bottom of the screen, but please turn your TV off because it's on a delay, or you can type in the chat what hit you, what it make you think about, how you were challenged, uh, or even if it's a question that you have. Any thoughts, insights, questions? Um, Anybody ready to be used by God? Dry, what, what hit you today? Care to share? Jorah said, absolutely. Are you kidding? <laughs> you might have to lower that mic. Nothing personal. <laughs> they got Perfectly that. Perfectly and wonderfully made. Yeah, Very there you awesome. go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, walking in liberty, You know what, like, the number one thing, a lot of this, this was so amazing.